This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome in, everybody, to episode three of the five on three podcast, WFUV's NHL podcast. And we have a regular line going on here, guys. We have the uh, the Aaliyah Costantini Murphy line going on for this five on three podcast. It's Rafael Aaliyah, Matt Murphy, and Matt Costantini as a the same line that's been with you guys for the last two episodes. Now we're gonna bring you this episode, which is basically gonna be about the start of this NHL season, about three games in on average, depending where you're looking. I mean. Uh, we have the Devils fan here, Matt Costantini, all happy about the Devils, even though they're only two games in. So you got to give us something, right? I, I I don't know if I do. <laughs> it's been a good start to the year, though. I mean, some some big time names are performing as we expected, and some other guys who we'll get into throughout the show are exceeding expectations, or perhaps even allowing us to know who they are. Like in the case of the New Jersey Devils which we will talk about. But with our line that we got going here, who's the center, Ruff? It's, it's got to be you, right? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. definitely yeah. the center. Yeah. I got, I, I, and you guys have been sitting in the same exact spot. So if I, from my perspective, it's Murphy and left wing and Costantini right wing. Um, we have some defensemen every now and again. But uh, but, but that's been the line. I, I like it. Uh, we, said, we said it before, though. We don't really have the hockey the hockey last names. We have a trainee here with the last name of Lehman. So, like, he's a pure defenseman right there. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be more of a defenseman name, but we're under man, so I got to play up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah be, scoring this, could be a po- this could be a power play unit. Yeah. yeah. No D-man needed here. Yeah, three-on-three three overtime. You put you put the defenseman into play. It's a, it, we, could, we could make it work if we wanted to make it work, all right? Uh, we're going to be talking, obviously, we're going to go Rangers, Devils, Islanders. Wow, Devils. Hopscotching over there, jumping over, leapfrogging the uh, the Islanders, and then we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna pick a team that we think has gotten off to either a surprising start or a really good start, a team that we want to highlight, and then a player that we want to highlight as well. That's how this episode's gonna go. So without further further ado, we'll start off with the New York Rangers over here. They're right now at the bottom of the Met, one and two start. They just got they just sent down uh Philip Keitel. To uh to Hartford and they sign uh Adam Cracknell, uh 32 year old you know he's been in the league he's he's probably been to every team in the NHL and now he's making his stop with the Rangers. What are you guys first impressions over here? I know you were Constantini, you were talking about uh about the Lundqvist start to this. Yeah, uh you mentioned them sending down Philip Cheadle. I don't really think that was much of a surprise. I don't think they were expecting to hold on to him past that 10-game limit where the first year of his entry-level contract would have been burned, so it makes sense that he gets sent down. But yeah, talking about uh Henrik Lundqvist, he didn't look great the first couple games. Gave up 4 against Colorado in that opening night opening day loss, and then he gave up 5 against uh Toronto. So that's not a good start to his season. Yeah, I was actually at that uh, Colorado loss, 4-2. They they really outplayed the Avalanche for most of that game, and despite the score, they, they outshot them and everything, so it wasn't a huge letdown, but it, since it was opening night, it was disappointing. And that was really the only game that uh, McDonough and Shattenkirk have played together on defense. They played one period against Toronto yeah. together, and then they broke that defensive pairing up, so that's been a major storyline so far because now Mark Stahl is playing – uh, with McDonough, and McDonough shifted over to the right side. Yeah, did not think it'd be this early when I see I didn't think, uh, not that I didn't think this would happen at all this season, but so early to get Mark Stahl up to a first-line defenseman. Let's replace, 
Let's replace Dan Girardi, the subpar but somehow overrated defenseman in the first line, and replace him with another subpar overrated defenseman in Mark Stahl. Don't even know. That, but everyone's pe- pressing the panic button on uh, Elaine Vigneault and the start to this Ranger season. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist after that start just shut out. Um, the uh, the Canadiens at home. That was a pretty good game, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, you had Mika Zibanejad, four goals. He's among like a motley of guys who are right now tied for second in the NHL with goals behind uh, behind Ovi. Uh, so there are some positives. Yeah, you got to look at some guys on this team that are showing some signs of life here. I mean, you have Matt Zuccarello leading the team with five points through three games. That's fantastic. And you mentioned Zibanejad with four goals already. So he's off to a hot start, kind of picking up where he left off. But you were talking about it. This this team is going to live and die by its defense. You you uh, shake up Shattenkirk and McDonough, two puck-moving defensemen. Um, you kind of need to have that defensive defenseman on the first line that'll really shut the team down while your other puck-moving defenseman can kind of jumpstart the offense a little bit. But Yeah, I mean, I'll comment on both the offense and the defense because you made some good points there. And with the offense, Zibanejad, that was a huge question mark like we talked about in Episode 1, up the middle or down the middle, however you want to say it, replacing the uh, Derek Stepan's production and Will Zibanejad, who's just 24, step up. And he's looked great so far, especially on the power play, three of his four goals are on the power play. I saw him score twice in the loss to Colorado when I covered that game. And then, you, uh, Raf, you talked about people questioning AV's decision-making. A lot of that has to do with the defense. And Brendan Smith and Tony D'Angelo, both healthy, scra- both healthy scratches for tonight's game. We're recording this on, uh, what's today? Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, so it, at about 4.15 uh, Eastern time. So D'Angelo was a guy they got in the step-on trade and really the only NHL-ready piece in that trade. So for him to be a healthy scratch already, kind of questionable. And even when he was dressed, not getting much ice time, he's more of just a puck-moving guy that they didn't feel comfortable or trust out there through the first three games. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that third line's now moved to Holden and Kampfer. Yeah, that's correct. For That'll be the, the pairing again tonight against okay, yeah. uh, uh, St. Louis. Uh, odd, odd defensive pair. I mean, just odd all throughout the lines defensively. And that's, I think, what's gotten the Rangers off. A whole bunch of defensemen who are not used to playing with each other. There have just been straight-up cases of miscommunication. I looked to Shattenkirk back in that game against Colorado. I looked to Tony D'Angelo in that game against Toronto. Just they they turned around on a few pucks that they thought that their other defenseman was, was yeah. handling their D'Angelo other D'Angelo didn't actually look horrible against Colorado, but it was really game two against Toronto that yeah, kind of that, that exposed game, him a little bit. Yeah, it, just noticing that they're just inexperienced playing with each other maybe. I don't think it's it's a reflection on them individually, but I'll be interested to see how it moves forward. And in terms of offense, I think we need to talk about Pavel Buchnevich a little bit because he's had a really good start to the season playing with Zibanejad. And, and even on the power play, he's just looked good behind the net. I don't know if you guys saw his assist uh, in the last game. Kind of like a behind-the-back, no-look pass to set up Zibanejad for a goal. Just really comfortable working around around the net, behind the net, especially when they're a man up. And you really got to look at what Hank is doing right now nine goals through two games for him and getting pulled in that loss against Toronto it's not really a good look for him right now you know there were questions coming in about his age and his health coming into the season after last year where he did not look like the like King King Henrik like we know he is so you gotta wonder is this starting to go downhill for him 
Well, I, I mean, he bounced back against Montreal. Yeah, I thought the Montreal game was Toronto has come out of the gates with those young guys so well that maybe we can give him a pass and we'll see how the next couple of games go for him. Yeah, those games are going to obviously inflate his statistics for a little while, but we'll definitely have a better idea of it next next week. They take on St. Louis, obviously, tonight, covering that game. Um, they travel to Columbus on Friday, and then it's Rangers-Devils at the Garden on Saturday, so we'll have a better idea. Those are two talent; those are three talented teams at the moment. Uh, looking at St. Louis, especially in New Jersey, both of those teams got getting off to great starts. Not to not to shun the Blue Jackets, who we just expected to be a really good team. So that those are going to be three games that when we do this podcast again next week, we'll have a better idea of where the Rangers stand. But how about where the Devils stand right now at 2-0? and Costantini, take us through that. Yeah, this is a really exciting time right now. Granted, it's two games, and they played some really below-average teams in Colorado and Buffalo, but you got to win the games that you're scheduled to play. Um, they looked really, really good in that opening game against Colorado, and then they go in and blow out Buffalo uh, yesterday. So they're, they're performing above expectations right now. Um, Jesper Bratt, out of nowhere, six-round pick from last year, leading the teams with five points. Wait, I, I, I mean, I have to like, point it out. Yeah, um, as we like to call him, Jesper Bratt. Yeah, Jesper Bratt, Jesper Bratt. Now, Marcus, we, we'll get to the to the Johansson thing in a second, but Murphy came into our pre-production meeting today with a, with a firm, uh, so tell me about this guy, uh, Je- Jesper Bratt, to Costantini. Because <laughs> you who, know what? Who saw this? You're gonna coming? call me out. I'm gonna were, call you. You were calling, um, uh, you were calling him Cheadle from the Rangers when it's Heedle. So we gotta I called, correct I called, all of our I pronunciations Ke- here. I called him Keedle. Okay, <laughs> not not much better, but yeah, we will correct it. And so it's Heedle. You don't get Bratt. away from anything so on five on three. You get sent to the sin bin right away. So we got Heedle on the Rangers, Brat on the Devils, and now Joe not Johansson anymore, but rather Joe Hansen. Yeah, these these Swedes are going with the with the hard J's instead of those instead of those Y sounds now. But whatever works, right? The guy's got five points, so he's killing it right now. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the team overall just looks so much better than they did last year. The defense actually looks competent now with Will Butcher. He had three points in his debut game, which is amazing. I can't remember the last time they had that kind of production out of a D-man, not since Adam Larson left. But, I mean, and Nico Heischer, he looked pretty good, too. He had some really fancy stick work the in his two games. The assist that he had in the last game I thought was really impressive. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was a goal that... Obviously wasn't credited to him, but it was just done because of him. Like, that goal does not happen without him beating out the defenseman behind the net. And they're actually getting shots this year. And in the history of my time at 5-on-3 the last couple of years, the the things we talk about the Devils is they don't get shots, and we always put them third behind the Rangers and the Islanders in our rundown for the show. And today we're talking about how they're averaging 35 shots per game through two games, and they're in the number two slot in our show. So things are changing. They moved up a line. They moved up one spot in in the rundown. But uh, things are good, and, I mean, when you're putting pucks on net, good things happen, 10 goals through two games. Things are good. (laughs) And it's good to see Corey Schneider looking like he's bouncing back from last year. He had a rough year and only allowed, um, I think it's three goals up to this point. So that's a really good sign for this team moving forward. I'll be that guy. Uh, They played Colorado and Buffalo. Exactly. I said that when we started this. Yeah, yeah. I know you did. Got to get it on the record. Is it really a telltale, especially with the Schneider play? Because I agree with you. I think he's, at least for a bounce back season, he's starting off on the right foot. Those are obviously the teams that if you could draw it up, you'd like to start when you're you're trying to just get back onto that right foot. So 
I, I don't know. I I don't think that this is a. Uh, I think that this is a fun team, a young team, and an inexperienced team. So I don't know that they uh, that they keep this up. They face Toronto. Yeah, that's Washington, their first real test. and then and then obviously the Rangers. Don't know if the Rangers are going to be the test that I think maybe we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. But Toronto and Washington, I think, are going to be big tests for this Jersey team. I agree, but I mean, it's not like when you look at Colorado and Buffalo that they don't have anybody that could have tested Corey Schneider. I mean, I, I mean, they beat the Rangers. The Rangers <laughs> game I was at. I mean, Matthew Shane had a goal. They have some offensive talent. Colorado. I mean, they scored four goals, one of them an empty net goal. But uh, Buffalo, Evander Kane has been good, but they don't really have much else. So I guess you're right. It's a it's low level competition, but it's still good to see Corey Schneider just stopping the puck. Yeah, co- I, competition is competition, and um, I think they'll be lucky to to get out of this week going to that game with the Rangers with two points out of any of these three games. Hmm. And uh, obviously, Jesper Brat Brat leading that with uh, three goals, two assists. That's a that's a lot. Um, for a six round pick, that's yeah. First play, good. first player in Devils history to have. Uh, five points through his first two career games. Wow, Taylor Hall pretty, been pretty quiet though. Yeah, he's no goals yet. No goals yet. He a couple of assists. He's had a some line changes happening around him. Um, As you'd expect. Yeah, in the opening game, Kyle Palmieri went down with an injury, so they've had to kind of shuffle lines a little bit. But I'm expecting him to to pick it up like everyone knows that he will. One thing we didn't mention about the Rangers or the Devils now so far is both power plays have been. Pretty good. Devils yeah. three for eight and uh, Rangers four for twelve. So I mean, I know all three Devils power play goals came in the first game with Butcher assists, but still good start for well, all the special teams. I was surprised. I'm surprised I didn't get that in during the Rangers talk because that's that was one of their biggest negatives. Last but the Rangers season. PK hasn't been good this year. So no. That's no so th- overall, special teams not great, but offensively at least. Yeah, and then you you look at it in total, like it's like they haven't played five on five hockey. Because yeah. they have like a lot of these goals are either on the power play for themselves or them on the. Well, pa- that was part the of the reason kill. why some of the guys who are not in the doghouse, so to speak, but you see, Heedle get sent down. He didn't get a lot of ice time because there was a lot of mm-hmm. uh, power play and penalty kill situations. And then D'Angelo as well as the seventh defenseman and, and now and being a healthy scratch tonight. A lot of special teams opportunities that weren't given to these younger guys. And obviously, Shattenkirk an increase in in minutes because of that because he's going right. to be a main guy in that power. But then. You, you see that, and part of Shattenkirk's game is if he's on the ice for too long, you're going to start to notice those defensive holes. So I, as I'd expect, he's already getting some fire here in the New York market for his defense. The more he's on the ice, the more you're going to see that those defensive holes open up. He belongs on the first line with McDonough, and he'll get back there, I think. Yeah, and no one's expecting him to be this defensive stalwart out of him. I mean, he's a, he's a scorer. That's yeah. what he's known as. That's what his job is going to be. Let's move on to the uh, to the line that took a bump down in our uh, in our starting lineup for this uh, for this episode number three, the the New York Islanders, and they didn't do anything wrong to get sent down to line number three. They just didn't do enough to to hold off the Devils. Maybe and, we should have left them in the middle because that's where they are and everything else. Middle <laughs> offensively, that's very middle true. defensively, but that one, would require one, probably having to move the Rangers down to three, which I just won't do. <laughs> right, it makes sense. We agreed to put the Devils second, but it, I'm saying the Islanders—they're just in the middle everywhere these days. Everywhere, so we could have left them in that spot, and all would have been okay. And as if they they them themselves couldn't reflect middle, how? about their record one one and one isn't that the most exciting record you could possibly have this is kind of just an eh team right now really yeah uh, that's a great way to to explain it thomas grice and yaroslav halak that those are the two that i kind of want to talk about i think that's the most exciting part of this team right now the fact that we talked about it in episode one maybe in episode two um 
about the goaltending situation. They're kind of one of those teams that have a kind of tandem mix because they haven't officially named like a starter. I guess it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Grice. Well, he's lost. Yeah, on, Grice has lost minutes. both both of the games that they've lost, and Halak started when they beat Buffalo. But then again, like we've been saying all show, it's it's Buffalo. So how can you really gauge that? I mean, yeah. they beat them six to three. He still he wasn't perfect in that one. So we'll see. But I I mean I think that the exciting thing with the Islanders always has to be John Tavares and where that's gonna go this year. He did score twice in their win. But what's his future going to be? So that's going to be something that comes along with talk about the Islanders all season long. Yeah, he wants to be he wants to be an Isle. There's no doubt does about he, that. He does. Like he, he does. I feel like uh, the he wants to he wants home. to win a cup. But he wants to be an Isle. If he, I mean, if he didn't, I think you'd hear about it. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not here. And obviously, this conversation will probably get more in depth as the season progresses. But not like I was beat reporting for the Islanders last season. Nothing that he ever said or ever did on the ice reflected the fact that he wanted to that he didn't want to be a, a New York Islander. Well, he's if, a hockey he, player. Hockey players always say the right thing. Yeah, he's a of hockey course. player, and he's a stand-up guy. I mean, he's the captain of the team. You could so lose not ten nothing, and you're going to hear him say, "Oh, the boys fought hard out there today." <laughs> I like the Canadian accent. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Matt Costantini didn't seem to love it that much. It was fantastic, actually. I don't know why he wouldn't, but all right. <laughs> um, they've been – so John Tavares, as you mentioned, two goals. Sezik is two goals as well. Those are kind of where, where their team lies. Surprised, honestly, that I, I, I think Josh Hosang is one of the more talented guys on that team. Um, I like the way he's been playing early. Uh, no, again, nothing on this Islanders team though stands Can't out. Can't talk about the power play here. 0 for 10 so far. Yeah, yeah, they, for they, them. they don't even have a storyline there. Everly uh, coming to the team. He looks okay. He needs to score. I mean, he's got to compliment John Tavares if they're going to win some games this year. Yeah, I mean, two assists in three games. I mean, it's kind of what you expect, but as Murph was saying, when you're playing alongside John Tavares, you need to do better. Obviously, join in on the conversation if you're finding this on Twitter. Uh, Obviously, there's an. A We've nice got a following so you far. Go. Yeah, so, yeah I, I like it. I like the way it's going so far. But obviously, join in on the conversation, because um, really, there's not much I could say about the Islanders. So if you want to say stuff about the Islanders, please use it as a platform. They're taking on the Ducks in Anaheim late night tomorrow, and the Ducks just lost to Calgary last night in Anaheim for the first time in the last 25 games against them. Yeah. So that I mean. They don't have as much dominance on home ice, maybe, or confidence anymore, and that's a good thing for the Islanders, at least something on paper going Not the in. same yeah. Ducks team we've seen throughout the years. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, like to say I didn't, I, I expected it because I did. I mean, I saw, I go back to, refer to episode one and two. <laughs> well, with the Islanders, I mean, their defense is just so middle of the pack, and I mean, Tarasenko had a big game, two goals, and the shootout winner against them uh, on Monday, so yesterday, and... I mean, Tarasenko's a guy that could go off against the Rangers, for all we know. He's just that talented. So you, you don't want to overstate things this early in the season when you're looking at a defense like the Islanders right now. Speaking of Tarasenko, first of all, let me run down the Islanders' schedule for you know when we come back next week. They'll have played the Anaheim Ducks. They'll travel to San Jose on Saturday and uh, again on the road against L.A. on Sunday. So they won't be, they won't be in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm not saying this in a broad scope because, hey, they might not be in Brooklyn <laughs> just in general, but uh, they won't be in Brooklyn at least this week. So let's go. Let's move on now to our last two segments, which are which are a lot more broad. Uh, let's go. With, let's go with teams first. And uh, what team has either surprised you 
uh, with their start, for better or for worse, or just have been noteworthy? Well, I'm just going to jump in before someone takes it. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, they're just scoring the puck. And you would think to start a season that it might take a few games for the young guys to kind of get accustomed to playing with each other again in the regular season, whereas if you have a, a veteran team that's really talented, they might know what the start of the season is going to be like more than Austin Matthews and company, but they're showing no ill effects to start a season, to say the least. Over six goals for a game, 19 overall. Obviously, I just did the math in my head, even though ESPN has it here in front of me. Um, but, yeah, Toronto, their start, I mean, for a young group to come out of the gate this hot has got to be my team at this point. They have, I think, four guys with two goals, if I'm not mistaken, or with three goals. Probably. Not, definitely not I three. Mean, sounds right. But, but Austin Matthews, Van Riemsdyk, uh, Kadri, and Marlou. Yeah, I, I, I kind of. Yeah, I think I, I think there were actually more than what I even did had. Did you say Elander? He, I don't know if he scored yet, but uh, no, I did not. Okay. Elander's fantastic. Yeah, too. he's a good young guy. I mean, I just think. This team, man. I mean, Austin Matthews, I kind of want to go back to episode two and change my, my pick for the, the Hart Trophy to Austin Matthews at this point, even though McDavid has played great so far. I just think he's going to be a trendier pick now, Austin Matthews, with the way that he started the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he started. Uh, I Don't, don't. Did you see I, his game-winning goal? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, a, it was, it was awesome. an impressive goal. But we knew Austin Matthews is a, is a talented player. But we all picked McDavid, right? Yeah, that. because so, McDavid's super talented. Yeah, I mean, did but, you I mean, see his first game? Yeah, but I would feel more comfortable now going off the board just to be different and picking Austin. Okay, That's fair. for that for that point, I'll give it to you. But I'm not going to change it because we don't go we back. Can't. We can't go back <laughs> in time. I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow, they're off to a two zero and zero start so far. They they opened the season in Dallas, beating a good Dallas team. Um, Mark Andre Fleury is not in the business of accepting uh, the bad relocation team uh, narrative. He's a proud man. He's a really good player. Um, he's going to carry this team as far as they can go. I mean, James Neal has three goals in the first two games, so he's on the, he's on board too. And I'm not saying that they're going to continue this for the rest of the season because, again, they are a bad expansion team that kind of just got the, the rejects of every other team. But... It's a good story. It is a good story. I mean, it's a good story the, yeah, right but now. For, for rejects, honestly, of the team, these aren't... Like that, like no, these aren't, they're, 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 they're not. They're like, pretty good their stats aren't jumping out though. Their team stats. So like, we'll see how they keep it up. But I mean, with their home opener, it's pretty cool that they're not going to have advertisements on the. Yeah, I was going to mention gonna, that they're going to yeah. have the that's, hashtag that's good. Vegas Strong, which is very very cool, and hopefully they can pull out a win in their home opener. Yeah, and and you look at this team, they're probably not going to be in it come trade deadline time. So they're going to try and uh, just dump some of their players off onto other teams and try to get some draft picks because that's how they're going to build their team throughout these yeah, years. Yeah, they've already done a nice job, mm -hmm. I mean, before the expansion draft of, of acquiring future picks. So they'll, they'll be on the rise and they'll make some noise probably more in a few years from now. And a storyline that we're going to watch throughout the season, honestly, um, that begins with the Vegas home opener and obviously won't get into it now or, or today, um, is just how they're going to do at home, you know, selling every quintessential relocation team narrative that you have to hear. But we'll definitely get into that because I know our executive producer, Bob Ahrens, is very, very skeptical of a team in Vegas. And uh, I was actually trying, I was having the debate with him about it the other day of why I think it won't work and why I think it will. And uh, I, some interesting points arose. So I think That'll be a fun conversation to have at some point. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to talking about that as the year goes on. Uh, my team. 
Uh, you left it open, so I'll take the, I'll take the Blues just because I said I wasn't super high on the Blues. I want you to pick Chicago here because you weren't super high on Chicago, and they've gotten off to a good start. Yeah, but right, go right, ahead, talk right. about the Blues, and maybe we'll, we'll backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me, talk to me in a couple of weeks, and then. And Jonathan Taves is off to a good start. Yeah, you, Jonathan Taves is off really, to a really uh, good start too. <laughs> yeah, I know. You weren't I, really high on him. I, I, I had him. I was looking at my uh, my list of guys that I was going to go for for the player segment, and I was and Taves like. I was like, oh, oh it was, I can't it was, do that. It was Constantini that wasn't. High yeah, on. no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. the one that's not high on him. Yeah, Taves, Ta- Taves is a good player, but uh, and he's showing that. But I went with I went with St. Louis just because I think they've gotten off to a surprisingly good start. Washington as well. I had that on my list as well, but we have them as President's Trophy winners, so not surprising to us. <laughs> good I think on they look better than anyone kind of expected them to. I know. Yeah, they yeah dropped because, their last Well, game, I mean, everyone but, but us. So. Kuznetsov well, leading the league in points. With yeah, eight. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for the player yeah, we'll but, but St. Louis, Tarasenko, Pietrangelo. Now I want to get to that, so I'm kind of <laughs> rushing through it. But St. Louis, good team, right? Hot take. Um, yeah, man. Pretty good team. <laughs> the best uh, hot take. I'm gonna I'm gonna see them tonight. I actually I'm looking Shatton forward Kirk to seeing uh, his old team. His old team. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing uh, Tarasenko in person. Um, but yeah, good team. We'll move on. Uh, b- player. I have a surprising player uh, that I'm watching. Uh, just just because I didn't think I'd put this guy on when I first like was envisioning the topic, and then when I went through it, it was weird. But is it Kuznetsov for either one of you? It not, is not. Not for wow, me. Wow, cool, cool. Then go. You guys uh, rock, paper, scissors for it or something. I will let the younger Matt go first. I'll take the lead here. I mean, it's easy to, to say Alex Ovechkin is the eye-popping numbers this year, but... We kind of expected this out of him. Yeah, I mean, Alex Ovechkin, good. Yeah, like, that's a hot take for you. Yeah, surprising that he got off to this good of a start. Though. It is. You don't expect a guy to have back-to-back hat tricks in his first two games in the first period of those games. I mean, he has seven goals in three games. That's outrageous. But, I mean, you could also look a few different ways here. I was thinking of picking Jesper Bratt, who we talked about earlier. Um, the five points in the two games, that's fantastic for a six-rounder who wasn't really looking at doing anything big this year. But I think I'm actually going to go with Brandon Saad from yeah, Chicago. I, I had him I, on my list. You you guys were down on him. And said I was that, super down And on said him, yeah. that Chicago lost that trade. But right now, he's he's got six points, three goals, three assists. His plus minus is pretty good, if I'm not mistaken. He is well. a plus six right now. That's, yeah. that's a second in the league behind a plus seven. So he's really turned it on, and he's trying to prove people wrong that he was the better player in that deal. I'm going to pick two guys. Is that cool? Uh, yeah, depend if you still mind. It's I mean, not I took cool, two. but if it's uh, but yeah, yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm gonna go with uh, Evander Kane first. Just be, I mean, I, I know the, I know the Sabers aren't very good. You teased that before, though. It's not just his four goals. I mean, last game I think he had seven shots and six hits to go along with at least one goal. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, a guy that's just putting up numbers on a bad team. So I, that's why I kind of wanted to pick a second one because he's not like that great to talk about because Buffalo hasn't been winning games. So I'm going to go with Mika Zibanejad because (laughs) even though the Rangers are one and two, he's really living up to what he needed to do this season as a big-time goal scorer for the New York Rangers and a big-time player at the center position. And three power play goals so far, his chemistry on that unit has looked great. And I'm going to, yeah, I I just like his starts of the year. So Kane and Zibanejad, but not Patrick Kane, Evander Kane. I kind of want to cheat a little bit and just throw one more name out there. For a way, Please. in a way that people weren't really expecting, Steven Skamkos has five points, but they are all off of assists. Who would have thought that? How many goals does Kucherov have? Kucherov right now has three. Okay, that so makes sense. 
you don't really expect a guy like Stamkos to be the the playmaker. You expect him to be the sniper, the one that's scoring. But if he's able to elevate his game in the playmaking ability as well, Tampa's going to be a really good team, and they're going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, Tampa's a team that, I mean, they're capable of, of winning the Cup this year, for sure, because with Stamkos back and just, I think people underrate Kucherov year in and year out at least the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I I'm again, I think I said it before, I'm not super high on on uh, Tampa Bay, but they, but yeah, the, those those two guys in general and the team in general looks really good to start. I'm glad you mentioned the bandage ad because surprised me as well. He was on my list. I put a goalkeeper, um, one that I didn't surprise to have started out as as solid as he had. I'm, I went with Mike Smith because I I I didn't think I'd have Mike Smith there. 110 saves, facing 115 shots. Obviously. Coyotes are, are are not a good team, or, or the Coyotes, right? He's on the Flames now. Flame, Flame. Uh, thinking red jersey, right? So Flame, still not a great team, but so he's gonna face shots. Uh, but 115 shots and his save percentage is still, I think, upper 95 because of the uh, the 110 saves. That's impressive. That's an impressive number. One that I didn't expect to see when I was looking through. I was looking for uh, Bobrovsky, looking to see how the, some of these other goaltenders were doing. Seeing my man Hank down at like the 38th position in some in some stats. So like, th- and that's behind that's behind guys that are that are second string goaltenders. So we'll get that. That's that's beside the point. Though. I'm pretty sure that Barry Melrose or some one of the other experts somewhere predicted Mike Smith to win the Vezina this year. So. Really, it, I was like, when I saw that before the season, I was like, mm, probably not, but not, not looking like a bad pick yeah, right now. Because yeah, he, he when he was in start. Arizona, he didn't look great. I mean, he was getting beat all the time. Granted, it's a bad team in front of him that lets in a lot of shots, but like you Calgary's going to let in a lot of shots too. That's the thing. That's what surprises because he's not, he's he's a mediocre goaltender, and they have a a pretty good defense. I I know we talked about it last week. Mark Giordano. Um, T.J. Brody, um, Dougie Hamilton. Hamannick now. Travis Hamannick, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good players that you don't expect to be not great on the defensive side of the puck. No, they're good They're good on the defensive side of the puck. I think the difference is they don't congest the crease as much. So I guess some of the shots that he's getting t- taken on him are not very, uh, what, what do you call them? Like they're not being screened. So at least he's getting open looks. That has to be something. I can't imagine he's taken... 110 shots and 100 of them have been deflected or so on goal because then he would not have just allowed five goals. I just can't. He's not. He's gotten off to a good start, but he's not that good. All right. Right. Well, I think overall Calgary and Johnny Hockey Gaudreau are going to push Edmonton in the Pacific this year. Oh, I like that take uh, yeah. because Edmund, everyone's super high on Ed- but, Edmonton. Refer, again, refer back to episode one, one and two. In our season preview episode and episode two, I did pick Edmonton to uh, win the division. So, But I you do think, think they'll get a good push. I think Calgary's going to push them pretty hard this year. And we'll get a better idea of that, at, obviously, as the season progresses, as the week progresses. I gave you the schedules for the three local teams. Next week... We'll be back at it. Episode four coming your way, hopefully next Monday. I know I, I never really addressed this early on, but we kind of took a day because of Columbus Day yesterday. Why the podcast is coming out on Tuesday. Hope I didn't th- throw too many people off. It is Tuesday, not Monday, because I know everyone everyone's schedule goes off of five on three. Uh, mine, mine does. So we'll see you guys next week. We'll discuss, obviously, how all these local teams have progressed. We'll see if the Devils stay put in our line number two. Maybe they move up. Maybe they move down. The Islanders trying to get their number two spot back, and the Rangers might be on the bubble. 
We'll see where all that's progressed when we come back next week. Five on three for Matt Costantini and Matt Murphy. I'm Rafael Leah. Have a good week.